The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fellas, we've all been there. Candles are lit, music is right, and your special summon is filling. As for you, maybe you got that feeling that it's a late November, early December game on a Saturday afternoon. It's raining, you know, only 11,000 people will be there. So why bother? Well, that's why there's Blue Chew. It'll have you performing like a Heisman candidate, regardless of the current situation that you're in. You can take them any day, day or night, on an empty stomach, or full. And it works a lot faster because it's chewable. And we got you covered. Go to bluechew.com, enter the promo code armchair, and you'll get your first order free. All you have to do is pay five bucks for shipping. So you definitely want that extra confidence no matter where the situation is raining or snow, day or night. You want to thread the needle. So go to bluechew.com. And we'll take care of you. Welcome in, you guys. This is another Panther Rants podcast. Pit Panther Rants. Another other sports fans. I should say, Vlad Harris here. Brought to you by Armchair Media. It's a Wednesday hump day. Although, I just uploaded the other podcast late last night. Excuse me. So this one may not get out until probably tomorrow or Friday. Probably most likely tomorrow. As for me, I got, you know, after some, you know, jumping through the hoops, I was able to get my rental car, and which was fun. Um, my insurance agent obviously has been returning my calls, and so I had to go dial the way her number and get to an actual claims person, and they were able to get me set up. So I got my rental in course, not too not too far from my, my, where I was going to rent. They just put it in an out burger. I mean, like a, maybe like a, like five minutes down the road. So I was curious and decided to check it out. You know, I've had in and out before. You know, I've been to Fort Worth several times, and In and Out is up is up in there in Dallas, Fort Worth, and Arlington. We just got two of them in Houston. And of course, the lines are nuts. We've I've, I've seen the videos, but you know, I figure you know what it's one thirty on a um, Tuesday afternoon. It shouldn't be too bad, and it wasn't. I think I waited maybe like a half hour in the drive through, and thanks to smartphones and whatnot, the wait wasn't too bad. And you know, they pretty much had just like a Chick Fil A drive through where they have all the guys with the ta- or the w- women with the tablets. They're taking the orders, and you're on your way. So, I mean, I had, you know, I got my double-double animal style, and I was set to go. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually debating whether I should go today again or not. But we'll see. 
All I know is now, you know, my car is being inspected, and of course, we're going through the investigative process. So, of course, when it gets fixed, I'll have to pay the deductible and then hopefully get it recovered. Although, recovering your deductible, depending on your situation, can be a painful one. I think for, I think for mine, it was several months before I got my deductible back. Yeah, I think it was like 250 bucks was my deductible. This time around, it's, well, of course, it's 500 which isn't fun. But we got several things to talk about. Uh, Pitt landed um, seven players on the uh, All-ACC team. So we had the postseason awards. First team, you know, on the first team on offense, Jimmy Morrison, which was an obvious one. Hell of a player. And of course, Jalen Twyman, first team defense. That was an obvious one of how he played this year. I mean, 10 out sacks, 30 total tackles. And of course, this information I'm getting is complimentary from Panther247.com. So i rather, you know, I want to at least give them the credit for where I'm getting this information. And, of course, the guy who uh, wrote this is Ed O'Brien, as he, he does the coverage for this. So I want to give Ed, you know, credit for this as he pretty much breaks it down. Like, if, for instance, Jimmy Morrissey, he allowed no sacks. Pitt's top run blocker, 35 career starts at center. Jalen Twyman. But the nation's sacks among the defensive tackles with 10 and a half, 38 total tackles, 20 solo. Then, of course, Paris Ford also made first team. He had he led the team with total tackles, 86, 53 solo, 14 pass breakups. He forced three fumbles and three picks. On second team on defense, Dane Jackson, he had a hell of a year. He led the ACC in pass breakups and 40 total tackles. Patrick Jones, the second defensive end, eight and a half sacks, 12 tackles for a loss. He forced four fumbles. He counted for 18 quarterback hurries, 43 total tackles. Christ, you could have made Patrick Jones, you could make a case for him to be first team defense on that, on that note. Third team offense, you had Bryce Hargrove and, of course, Maurice French. A four catches, 685 yards, three. Three touchdowns in ten in ten games. That just baffles the hell out of me. Eighty four catches for six, for seven hundred yards. See if there's one thing that tells you what's wrong with our offense is that right there. It seems like we really didn't have much of a downfield passing attack. I mean, eighty four. I mean, seven hundred yards on eighty four catches. I mean, what the hell are we running here? West Coast offense. I mean, 84 catches for 685 yards is something that you know a running back does, a tailback, a wide receiver. Ooh, and of course, t- defensive tackles Amir Watts and Kylan Johnson—they were given honorable mention nods. Obviously, you had one snub in particular. Demar Hamlin was snubbed, and he made it known on Twitter, and of course, we made it known on Twitter as well. Probably could have been more guys that could have gotten notice for it. Um, 
But that's just, you know, 84, 84 catches for 600, 700 yards. I mean, I don't know, guys. Uh, and, you know, looking at the um, the stats this year for Pitt, I mean, we allowed more. I mean, we had a really good defense, but we, we, we allowed more points than we scored. I mean, we allowed tw- almost 22 points a game, and we scored only 20. Mind-boggling. Rushing, we didn't do all that. You know, rushing, obviously, numbers were down. Passing, I mean, we were averaging six yards per attempt. 253 yards passing a game, which isn't too shabby. I mean, that's... I think in terms of the college game, that's pretty, you know, your average norm. But looking at the individual stuff, the rushing numbers obviously were were a little um, were way down. In fact, our leading rusher was AJ Davis, and he had only 100, 100, he only had five hundred forty nine yards on one hundred twenty six carries, with an average for four point two and four touchdowns. So he was averaging only fifty three yards a game. Todd Sibley, who was hurt for most of the year, he eight games he had just two hundred fifty two yards on fifty carries. Benson Davis two hundred sixty six yards. On 46 carries. And of course, Bleak Carr, 271 yards on 62 carries. And then, of course, our longest run from scrimmage was 61 yards. Our opponent's longest run from scrimmage was 85. Pitt averaged 120 yards rushing a game. Our opponent averaged 106. Uh, yeah, 120 yards rushing per game isn't going to win you a lot of games because you've got to rely heavily on the passing game at that point. So yeah, that's and on top of that, your quarterback. Well, he ran for well, Kenny Pickett ran for two hundred ninety six yards. Only eight carries, but of course he lost a whole bunch due to sacks. But still, yeah, you're not going to get a lot done on one hundred twenty yards a game. Passing Kenny Pickett finished the year with a. 2,700 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, 9 picks, which tells you a lot right there. Although he had two rushing touchdowns, which really doesn't you know matter a whole lot. Receiving, okay, obviously Mo French led with 84, you know, 84 for 685 yards, which uh, you know, I don't know. Takes your max to do 62 catches, 711 yards. I, don't, I mean, these guys, they could be downfield threats. They just need somebody to throw the ball downfield to them. They can get the ball to them downfield. But uh, we have a lot of guys around 20 catches. You know, Shockey Jockey, he had 19 catches for 28 yards. A.J. Davis, 22 catches, 264. Aaron Matthews, 13 catches for 220. Jared Wayne, 15 for 215. Nakia Griffin, 17 for 175. Valig, 16 for 173. We'll grab 18 for 141. So we got a whole bunch of guys with about 15 catches or more. Or 13 or more if we're really going to really fudge the numbers a bit. So, I mean, obviously, we, we threw the ball a lot, and we spread the ball around a good bit. 
But the yardage just baffles the hell out of me. I mean, I just feel that Maurice French could, should have been a, th- a thousand yard receiver. Same with Takes Your Mac. I, I think with with you know with a certain you know scheme and certain quarterback. Taysir and French should have had a, both these guys should have had a thousand yards receiving respectively. Then again, I could be wrong. I'm not, but because I'm not a coach, I don't. You know, the fuck do I know? But still, sorry, I'm a little bit frustrated by this. Just bring this pisses me off, frustrates me. So you know, obviously the two landing spots for Pitt are going to be either the pinstripe, which is Michigan State, or we go play Navy again, which is going to be the obvious one. Navy supposedly wants us, so I'm sure the ACC is going to just say, here, just take them. Have fun. Which is probably what's going to happen. So, we get to go to Annapolis. Hey, you know, I mean, Annapolis isn't a bad town, and Baltimore's right around. You can probably drive to, well, you know, another hour to drive to Salisbury and another if you another another hour and maybe you should see Maryland. I mean, the weather isn't that great, but I mean, you can go check out the boardwalk. I mean, I'm sure it's a ghost town. Hell. All right. Pit Hoops knocked off Rutgers last night. 71 to 60. Brandon and I came back, and of course, we had a. Um, you know, a little montage, a little tribute for him. There wasn't really much acknowledgement from him. I mean, I I posted, I tweeted, you know, a f- photo of him when you know when the scoreboard came to him. And he had to look like, well, like whatever. You guys, you know, hire Kevin Stallings over me, so you know, whatever. I'm not acknowledging your little stupid tribute. But if anything, maybe I I haven't read anything about his post game. Maybe he acknowledged it and stuff like that. And maybe he was just. Focused on the game itself because, you know, Rutgers was, you know, Rutgers pretty much played a shitty game when they weren't that good. Pitt, on the other hand, they got 20 from uh, Xavier Johnson. He really tore it up last night. The X was the factor last night. Ryan Murphy, 15 points. At times, Ryan Murphy is erratic. And he could be a liability in defense, but he has a lot of energy on the floor. Trey McGowan's at 16 points. Justin Champagne, after the um, game he had the previous against uh, Northwestern, had zero points. But he had help. Eric Hamilton had six points, but the guy had eight rebounds. I mean, he put in some really good minutes for us. I'll take eight rebounds any freaking day of the week. Audis Tony, he had 10 points and even out of three, which was surprising. And Terrell Brown had four points. So regardless of the gap we had with Justin Champagne, Pitt still won. Rutgers was pretty erratic for the most part. I'm not sure what, the, what their deal is, but we've always had trouble with Rutgers in the past. Is what Dream back, you know, the guy from Dream Backfield mentioned. But... Pitt with wins over Rutgers, Kansas State, and Northwestern. They've got more out-of-conference wins against P, against teams from P5 conferences than Pitt football's had in the last four years. As I did, as I dug through, 
in the four years that are, you know, in the four to five seasons that Pat Narduzzi's been here. Actually, he's been four. This was his fourth. The only win against the uh, out-of-conference P5 school is Penn State, the 42-39 game. He hasn't beaten anybody else. He lost to Iowa. He's lost to Notre Dame, which you can consider you know, a P5 because they are you know, a power team. So, I mean, there's... Then again, when it comes to our conference schedules, Pitt never goes undefeated in non-conference play, and that's just how it is. Now, I did take a look at the Michael Saluden interview that um, PGH Sports Now did. The people, I guess, got a little bit, you know, they've got their feathers ruffled over it because people are saying, why do you uh, do this interview after the fact, how things ended. And as I read the interview, um, it seems that, um, it seems that, uh, you know, Saluden actually reached out to um, the site and they did the interview. And the interview wasn't really all that, wasn't really all that bad as people thought it would be. Really, it just, he, you know, pretty much he explained why he made the decisions he made. And from reading the article, it seems as though him and Pat Narduzzi were on the same wavelength as, uh, than each other. Now, you know, sometimes it happens. I mean, he may have... We'll never get the full story about really what happened here. It's between... it's two, There's two sides. We got the one side. We, I, we, I doubt we'll ever hear about the other side. And somewhere there's the truth and really... We'll never get it. But obviously it seems though these two were on the same page for whatever reason. I'm not sure if it's per, um, personality. Maybe their personalities conflict. And well, at the end of the day, he's gone. And he's moving on. And I, you know, I'm sure we'll probably see him and wherever he goes. You know, he basically... Wants to control his future. And there's nothing wrong with that. So he's going to do it any way he wants. And he can go anywhere. I mean, he's... I guess he felt he should have got more playing time his you know, his freshman year. After, you know, busting off what was a 40-yard run on his first carry is what he said. Although, supposedly, that I've been reading that thought that it's been correct. It's supposedly a, it was a 23-yard run. And you know he just wasn't in the plans for um, for this uh, season. Maybe he just it just wasn't there. He was on the same page with the coaches. I don't know. But if you look at the but if you look at the rest of the running backs and how they were, I'm not sure if he would have been any um, better than what we had. Because if he was, I'm sure the staff would have done something to keep him. But then again, I could be wrong. So, at the end of the day, he's gone. Who cares? The interview really was, wasn't really that much. I can understand why the editor, editor of the site would do this interview. Given how the offense sputtered towards the end and how the season ended. 
you gotta go, you gotta strike when the iron's hot. So you go and you you find that you chase the lead, and that's what happened. Now, as far as the uh, Pitt Rutgers game goes, one thing I forgot to mention is that um, well, there's a bunch of things. We had the black eye uniforms. I made a joke that uh, you know. The, you know, the, the make up for their uh, lost inroads with the Philly recruits. Pitt Sport and the Phillies logo. Duck, you know, Duck was at the game, and I don't know the way he was dressed. I thought he looked like he was he was been hanging out in Glassport or Elizabeth. I mean, no disrespect for to those areas. I mean, I've been in those areas. Got know plenty of people there. It just it's he just looks like he has that vibe that you know he's in that whole area of the Mon Valley where you know Glassport Elizabeth yeah that's definitely his wavelength. I mean I'm sure he goes to the um, I'm sure on the weekends he go to the Sons of Italy if that place is even still open I think it's like son, I think it's not Sons and Daughters of Italy now I think the because I think because women go there too I think. Uh, I mean, that's the last I heard. I'm, then again, I'm not even sure if that place is even even open now. But that's that was a big hangout on the weekend for the Mon Valley at one point. I think I think it was an after hours club, or maybe it was a normal hours club. I I, I forget. But I mean, you know, you go to Airways or Clancy's or whatever you're wherever you, wherever you are wherever you're at in that area. And then you go there. But let's move along here. Uh, as you know, I talked about the championship weekend. The ACC title game is this weekend with Virginia and Clemson. UVA has a 29-point dog in this game. I think they'll, I think they'll cover. I think they're going to catch uh, Dubbo slipping a little bit because he's been constantly pissed off over disrespect he got. In the polls, and it happens. I mean, Ace, I mean, he blames the media for the how the ACC is perceived, and yeah, it happens. I mean, it, the Big East used to used to hold up their own, and as a you know, as a conference, and the media used to always dump on them. And we had the um, the receipts to prove it. Unfortunately, in the end, we really didn't because then when you have. Cincinnati and UConn winning the uh, conference and getting pasted in bowl games. We had really not much to you know to stand on. But even when we had like Miami Virginia Tech and you know and Boston College and Syracuse were still halfway decent team you know teams. The Big East always took a lot of heat. So it just you know rinse repeat whatever. Now, Pitt obviously clinched their seven-win season. Some people are, you know, calling for Narduzzi's head. Well, not not really. I mean, people are talking about the possibility of him leaving or firing him. Here's the thing. If you fire Pat Narduzzi, the next guy you hire, you're going to have to pay more for him, for one thing. And at the end of the day, you're going to probably end up with seven, eight wins anyway. So you're really just better off keeping what you have. Because it's, you know... Whoever you guess not going to be not going to be better, unless you're Rutgers, of course, who had to shell out a whole bunch of money for Shiano. And I think you know people are dumping on this hire. Well, certain people are. It's a good hire because the guy he's still in tune with the game. He's worked under Urban Meyer, 
the guy's got plenty of connections still. Hiring him and bringing him in is going to make sense. And he, I, he knows. And if you think about it, he's coming in there with a clear purpose. He, he, told, the, he told the admin what, he, what his plans are, who he wants to bring in. So he's not screwing around. So you got to give him his money. And, of course, guys, you can get money, too, if you go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code CHAIR. They'll match your deposits up to, up to $100. Put 100 get 100 back. Plenty of things to bet on. You can bet on certain, certain props. Bet on total points score by a team. So, you know, if Pitt's over and under is 20 points, you can bet the under or bet the over, depending on what, the, what day they had. I'm sure... Against BC, you would have bet the over because they scored. You know, you were hoping species offense. You know, actually, your defense sucks, but of course, our offense made them look really good, and we only scored nineteen points. So, you took the over in that game. Shit, sorry for you. So, go to mybookie.ag, enter a promo code, and and make some money back. Now, I figured we would take the rest of this uh, podcast to look at the Steelers' remaining schedule. They've had a hell of a year. They're seven and five, and what's scary is they could have had more wins than this. They could have beaten San Francisco. They could have beaten Baltimore. They could have beaten Seattle. I mean, Christ, that's three wins there. They could have had. You figure if they would, you know, turn it, you know, if they would have turned the tide off two of those games. You figure they're like nine and three. They could be nine and three, eight and four. But the fact he's got seven, Thomas got seven wins out of this group is amazing. This week they got the Cardinals, and Cardinals aren't that great, but they're still a competitive team. Connor Murray is having a decent year. I mean, he's completed sixty-four percent of his passes from his three thousand yards, fourteen tees, six picks. He hasn't been a world beater, but he's. He's going to get better and better as things come along. But I'm just not sure about you know how the Cardinals are going to do overall with the head coach that they have. You know, the time will tell. But Steelers get that win. They're eight and five. Then they got the Bills, which is a night game, Sunday night at Hines. The Bills are good. They have a really good defense. The problem is our offense really isn't that good, as people advertise. They just have a really good defense. I mean, Josh Allen's having a decent season, but he's not you know a world beater. He's had some games where he's erratic. If he if he goes up against he looks really good against bad defenses. Good defense tend to make him pretty ordinary. And then of course they got the Jets. So the Steelers right there, they got three. Three winnable games off the bat. So at seven and five, they got they got to win out. They got to get these next three to get ten and five. I mean, ten's ten's gonna be your magic number as far as making the playoffs or getting that wild card spot. They close out at home against the Ravens. This game could really work out in their favor. Ravens, I'm sure. Well, it depends on how things go with home field. You know, do they um, do the Ravens rest Lamar Jackson? 
But then again, the RG3s, and it depends on what kind of day he has. But the Steelers could, you know, on paper they can win out if they, if possible. They, they get, you know, at home, last time they should have beaten the Ravens. They made Lamar Jackson pre-ordinary. They, they forced him to throw from the pocket. It wasn't great. Could happen again. We'll see. But overall, I mean, they've done a hell of a job so far. I mean, you ever heard much from Juju Schuster-Smith this this year? I mean, we, we expected him to light it up, and he really hasn't. I mean, I think he like. I guess he likes up more on Snapchat than anything else, and plus, you know, he's been he's been hurt. James Conner's been hurt. I mean, they they really should have a lot more losses than this. But the crazy part is, they should have more wins. It's amazing. But uh, hey, I mean, if they they make the playoffs, I think and enjoy the hell out of it. That's all I can say about that. Uh, Pitt basketball has Louisville this week um, coming up. They're going to be playing at number one Louisville. I'm not sure how that game's going to go. We're, we won't win it, but I'm curious to see how things go. Anyways, guys, I'm almost at the 30 minute mark, and I'm you know, going to ramble. Don't want to do it. So I'm going to let you guys have your day. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully, you guys are recovering from the. Uh, you know, being back from Thanksgiving, how to pit, bye.